Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. Today's incomplete tagline should be something about West Ham, forever blowing bubbles, and Jeremy Nicholas. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome into this strange dusty corner of a digital vault that is the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. Nearly two decades of coverage, over a thousand interviews from people who've attended the Edinburgh Festival Fringe over many years, and one curator. That would be me, Ewan Spence, picking out another exciting look back, personality, stories, and all of that from the history of the Fringe. We're going back to 2018 in today's show to meet Jeremy Nicholas and the show After Dinner Stories from My Disastrous Broadcasting Career. A professional talker, and I say talker because speaker is it's, it's part of his role, but there's also voiceover, there's also radio and TV. Jeremy's had a long career. It includes working as news and sports reporters from his early days at Student Radio, all the way up to the BBC and beyond, an award-winning breakfast show on BBC Greater London, recognition of his live commentary of the horrific Hillsborough disaster, their professional speaking award of excellence, of which he was like the 15th to be awarded. It's very, very exclusive there. And he also spent 11 years as the voice of FIFA on the popular computer game series. 2018 saw Jeremy bring a show packed full of anecdotes, hilarity and humility to the Edinburgh Fringe with the keyword packed after dinner stories from my disastrous broadcasting career taking up a lot of space on the flyer. Uh, it's It was a new discipline for him uh, as part of a long and varied career. So I sat down with him to find out what brought him to the Fringe. How did he decide on an hour of material and who would you find in his audience? Let's head back to the Gilded Balloon, back to the dining room that then became a nightclub when the building was renovated uh, to be then converted into a stage for someone to talk about speaking in a dining room. Yeah, let's go back to 2018 and Jeremy Nicholas. Many people have nightmares. Many people believe that they will be in situations where everything they've dreamed of just falls apart in front of them. For me, it's blue screening before an international broadcast and having to reboot the entire radial system at 15 seconds to go at an international event. And as I say that, my next guest breaks out into a cold sweat because I know he's had similar experiences. <laughs> Jeremy Nicholas joins us on the show. Now, adventures in broadcasting radio, misadventures and problems. But that didn't quite fit on the flyer, did it? No. So it's, it's disastrous stories from my broadcasting career. So basically, I haven't put any of the good bits in. I've literally just put all the horrible things that went wrong, particularly in sports commentaries when I got the wrong person or interviews with celebrities where it just didn't go to plan. Just... Just dreadful things from live, mainly BBC stuff. And people like that. They, you know, they like to laugh at the fact that I am the 11th most famous BBC Jeremy. I'm a long way... I, I'm not going to call you on it now, right. but can you name the other 10 in order? So, it's Clarkson, Paxman, Vine, Bowen, 
ball, and then I haven't actually quantified the other five. Yeah, yeah. And, but, and the top two of those aren't at the BBC anymore. No, that's right. So it's it, no, it's an all-time BBC. So it's all-time BBC. All right. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's fine. I can just about make that work in my head now as well. So I think I'm about eleventh. I did put on Twitter the other day, you know, because you you try and. You try and promote your show with funny little tweets, don't you? So I put, oh, I'm the 11th most famous BBC Jeremy, and someone emailed back, uh, t- tweeted back saying, so what? I reckon I can name 10 that are more famous than you. And I thought, well, that would be about right then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you for my positive yeah. life information. That's I right. don't think that's what you were trying to do. But well, Yeah, if you are the 11th most famous, there will be probably about 10 that are more famous than you. So, that's so it's, it's not a theatre piece. It's, it's not even, I think, a comedy piece. It's more like your classic after-dinner speech, your raconteur, your... Your let's just go and get Peter O'Toole drunk and see what happens style of show. Yeah, so on the fringe you get... point out, we don't get you drunk to do the show. No, no. That, and I, my show's on at one thirty at lunchtime because I did think... Uh, the other slot I was offered was 11 o'clock at night and I thought drunkenness could be a problem, you know, either for me or the audience. So I, I decided to do it at lunchtime. Yeah, so it's not stand-up. I should make that very clear now. It's If you can imagine stand-up but without it being funny, that's... that's so it's... After dinner stories, so if you go to, say, a dinner and they have a speaker on that's telling you funny stuff, but the stories are about five minutes long. I started with that. I do a lot of after... I've done it for 20 years. You know, lots of golf clubs, lots of banks, and places where people have their dinner and then they sit back and someone makes them smile. And there's no value to what I say. It's just gentle stories. Uh, And then I put that into a show uh, and just tried it out in Johannesburg last year, and it went really well. And then I thought, but actually what I was saying was, and then this happened, and it was just a series of stories. It was like a greatest hits album uh, from all my 20 years of being an after-dinner speaker. And then I thought, I can't, that's not a show. So I got Maddie Anholt, who's um, done shows here for the last four years, uh, to be my producer and director, and she helped me craft it so that I've now got a running theme going through it. And, th- and so there's two themes. There's the 11th most famous BBC Jeremy, and that's why you've never heard of me. Uh, and the other theme that runs through is everyone I worked with got famous and I didn't. So my warm-up man when I used to do a quiz show on Five Live was Peter Kay. He was my warm-up. Um, the Jamie Theakston, the actor, he used to make my tea when I presented the sports show. Um, we, I, I did a show on Five Live where we had these Oxbridge students that came in and did sketches. Their names were Melanie and Susan. Do you need me to finish that one? You know, they just, and I have this bell and I ring it on stage that every time I say, and they became famous, and I didn't, you know, and Carolina Hearn, I worked with her on a pilot, and she was developing this agony aunt character that became Mrs. Merton. Just, just, it, it's basically, doing this show, it is expensive to put on a show, but it's cheaper than therapy, and I just rant on stage about, they got famous and I didn't, and I just whack this bell. So, yeah, that, that's it, really, why I do I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to become a comedian, uh, what I'm trying to do is get a little bit more famous for my after-dinner speaking, because I do loads of these gigs. And so I did one the other day with Sir Jeff Hurst, who scored that hat-trick when England won the World Cup final. And I did an after-dinner with him, and the organiser said to me afterwards, you were a lot better than him, and he was ten times more expensive. And I thought, right, what I've got to do is get a bit more famous. So what I've done is... So you didn't score a winning goal at the World Cup this year either? I didn't, I didn't. I thought I'm not good enough. I, I think probably my football days are best behind me now. So what I'll do is I'll write an Edinburgh show about not being famous, and maybe I'll get famous for that. And that's that's basically the plan. It's not to become a comedian or anything. It's to just just put an extra naught on the end of my after-dinner for when I'm doing banks and golf clubs and things. That's It's a simple plan. What is it like dropping into the Edinburgh experience? Because we have... 
people in, who, who've done theatre all their life and see Edinburgh as, as a mecca. You've got comedians who see things like the Perriers. And then you just kind of like parachute in with a little bit of expectation, a lot of support from people that are on this, po- on this podcast. Do you see yourself still as an outsider here? Uh, no, I just, but I didn't. But Ian Kendall has been so helpful. And it was when I was walking the streets of Edinburgh one day with him, and he, he does loads of street magic and things. And literally, we'd go into coffee shops and, Ian, how are you? And then, oh, yeah, of course, we'll take Jeremy's flyers. You know, and it's like if I was with Ian, I was virtually an Edinburgh person. And it didn't seem to matter about my English accent or anything. So I didn't, I only felt like an outsider really once I realised how inside Ian was, I think. <laughs> I think that was the thing, but no, I don't. We, we do tend to be a little bubble up here sometimes. Yeah. I went up. I went up Arthur's Seat yesterday with my friend Stuart Harris from East Kilbride. Uh, he's very Scottish, and uh, I was asking him stuff about Edinburgh, and he said, "Jeremy, I don't really ever come into Edinburgh. It's just full of English people." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, sorry about that." He said, "I've only come here today to see you." And I thought, "But I'm <laughs> the, the irony of not coming to Edinburgh because it's English to come to see an English guy." Ah, but you're an English person. That he knows. That he knows, yeah. yeah. Slight difference. But what about the experience of doing the show itself? How does it compare to after dinner speaking? Because these are people who's primarily there to see you as opposed to have a meal. Yeah, so it's it's quite weird, the audience, because there'll be there's the people that know me from the radio or from TV shows that I did 10 years ago, or there'll be West Ham fans that know me as the stadium announcer at West Ham United for 16 years, a, a minor English football team. And there'll be people, there's kids that come because... No, it's like Ian Dale if he's listening, but there you go. Well, that's that's my mission in life, is to upset <laughs> Ian Dale. He's coming to see the show on the 20th, if anyone wants to meet Ian. Um, don't sit behind him, he's a very tall man. Um, and then you get kids that play the FIFA video game, because I'm the voice on the FIFA video game, and then they hang around afterwards and I shout into their phones, goal for whatever your name is, scored by you for your team. And they love that. Uh, so it's... But it's a very diverse group of people. It's not, you know, I think the dream would be to have a core, a lot of people that are all the same, so you know what material to give them. Yeah. That comes in following years at Edinburgh. Yeah, I won't be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in that case, you've not got much time left to catch Jeremy's show. Where can people see it? Yeah, no, I will be back. I think I will be back. <laughs> Backing up there yeah. quickly. Yes. yes. No, I, I, hang on, I'm just hearing from my producer. I will be back. Uh, no, I'd love to become part of the Gilded family. It's, I love it here, just sitting in the loft bar. So, yeah, I'm on at the Gilded Balloon TV in the nightclub uh, every day at 1.30. So please come along. Daytime in the nightclub. Perfect. Yes, and I do... Please don't dance during the show, <laughs> even though it's a nightclub. Jeremy Nicholas there interviewed in 2018. Jeremy's focus these days is on his work as a motivational coach and after-dinner speaker. And his website, jeremynicholas.co.uk, has many more details on the work he can do, including working with tips and tricks from his time in the radio, TV and comedy worlds to create more engaging content for your everyday working life. Motivational speaker, after-dinner speaker, voiceover. It's all linked there. Uh, also, <laughs> here's hoping there's a page on his site on using five-year-old material to keep things sounding fresh because that seems to be what I'm doing here until we wait for August and the Edinburgh Fringe to roll around once more. But that's what we're doing every week. We're finding the memories. We're looking back at those historical fun facts and records 
and at some point we will turn our attention towards what's happening Fringe 23. But for now, we shall remember the good times back at the website, emberfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. You'll find us in your usual places in your podcast app and directory if you've just stumbled over us. If you're already subscribed, look down. You've got a chance to do that very Edinburgh Fringe thing and give us anything from one to five stars to help write the podcast and help more people find us. I'm Ian Spence. I'm in the archive. I'm going to be here for a bit, but you can visit me next week. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by you and Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.